Hello and welcome to the Max Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Geoffrey Browell, Head of Archive Services for King's College London. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about how you came into your position? Yeah, so I'm Jeff um, and I started off my career in the world of history, in early modern history, um, looking at um, God's lightning bolt striking down sinners in the early modern period. Usually people playing football on a Sunday and they never learned from their mistakes and they carried <laughs> on playing football. So there you are, make of that what you will. Uh, and then I moved sideways into archives and I am now the head of the department. Oh, wonderful. So how do you spend an average day? An average day, um, well, either pre or post COVID, I'd say, uh, are two different things. <laughs> uh, normally, my average day would involve answering emails, inquiries from all over the world about using our collections, uh, copyright permissions and so on. I'll work with my colleague, Kathy, uh, to help sort out. Um, I'll be working on fundraising applications. So a good 10% of my time will be taken up with, with that for projects to catalogue, to digitise, to do interesting technical things with our collections that will support research, support teaching, but also will um, provide for public engagement opportunities. Um, the rest of the time will be spent managing the team. So we have a small, very active team who uh, manage a reading room. So we have external researchers uh, who come and view our collections and work through them. And we also support up to 30 teaching modules annually. So uh, we have classes from subjects as diverse as the history of nursing through to the history of physics, through to war studies and uh, the history of uh, modern international relations. Um, and those classes will take place within the archive reading room. Um, another big part of my work is, is to go out and about around the country collecting new archives and that's the treasure hunt aspect, the, um, uh, the combination of who do you think you are with the Antiques Roadshow. Um, so I'll be scrambling around in attics, in basements, in sheds, looking at new material, uh, physical material, um, but quite often now we get sent digital material too. So I'll have to access that and uh, analyze it and and then we'll either preserve it and make it available or, or it'll be held in reserve. Um, I do a lot more besides that, but that's the average day. So you mentioned both digital and physical material. What type of things do you have in your archive collection in terms of physical format, but also content? Well, the archives is twofold at King's. Um, we have the Little Heart Centre for Military Archives, which has been in existence since 1964, and was founded by the military historian Michael Howard, Professor Michael Howard, who also founded the War Studies Department at King's, hence the link. And it's a repository for the papers of modern uh, British defence personnel, that's the last 120 years or so, um, and is comprises around 800 collections. Um, we normally get several new ones, between 10 and 20 new ones annually, um, involving modern conflicts or older ones. So uh, we have material that's bang up to date with the most recent uh, conflicts in Afghanistan, in Iraq, for example, uh, but also material that 
that surfaces about the Second World War, sometimes even the First World War. Um, the other half of what we have in the, in the archive is King's own records. So King's College was founded in 1829, um, but we also have the papers of institutions with which we have merged down the years, like guys in St. Thomas's medical schools. And this means that we have material that's a lot older than 1829. This goes back to the early 18th century uh, for the medical schools. Um, so we have a wide range of researchers that want to access all that, um, including people who are working on medical history, um, working on the history of dentistry, nursing, uh, brain uh, studies, uh, where Kings was a, a leader under Bentley Todd in the early 19th century, um, and the history of the hospital as an organisation, especially in London. Um, but in addition to those collections, the institutional records, we have uh, a complete set of student and staff records going back to the beginning of Kings. And they are very, very interesting and revealing. We're one of the few universities that's retained them enables us to do all sorts of analysis and research on how the King's community has changed in terms of students and teachers down the years, uh, including much more diverse international profile. So we have records on some of the very first students to study in the West from Japan, when Japan opened to the world in the 19th century. Um, last year we had a visit which was a wonderful visit from a group of Hawaiian uh, library and information professionals and they were interested in visiting us because we have the records of some of the earliest Hawaiian students to ever study outside the Pacific so uh, and they greeted us with one of their uh, songs it was absolutely wonderful delightful and um, that's the kind of thing that we hold there uh, in that collection those sorts of personal accounts that are are linked in with the, the history of individual students and staff members. And also research projects, most prominently the discovery of the DNA double helix in the early 1950s. And a lot of the work on that went on at King's College and led eventually to um, Maurice Wilkins, who was the leader of the King's team, and Watson and Crick being awarded the Nobel Prize uh, in the early 1960s for the discovery of the double helix structure. And the rest, they say, is history. So you must have quite a wide audience of people who are accessing your material, not just students and, and lecturers and things like that. It's very diverse. So we'll have journalists, uh, we'll have filmmakers. We often have artists coming in who want to use our work for inspiration. Our military collections in particular include a vast array of content that has nothing whatsoever to do with war or the military. And that's because senior military personnel often had other careers as explorers, diplomats, writers, poets. And of course, we have collections relating to their family members, so their wives, children, who all might have had very diverse lives. And that includes a lot of visual content, it includes photographs, includes uh, drawings, paintings, 3D art. We hold uh, artifacts of many different kinds in the archive, from scientific instruments through to uniforms that nurses wore. So it's very, very diverse and therefore the user community is particularly diverse. Obviously we're focused primarily on delivering content for 
our own students and our own researchers at King's, but we're open to the whole world. What's the most surprising access request you've had? You mean a request for, for looking material at and information? Oh, that's very difficult to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've had lots of interesting things that have happened to us down the years. We work with Brian May, the Queen guitarist. Oh. We hold um, fantastic collections to do with the discovery of 3D and stereo, which was developed by Charles Wheatstone, who was professor of experimental philosophy at King's College in its early decades. And he was the, he's the, really the godfather of 3D. And he, uh, his collection, a particular fascination for Brian May, who is one of the world's largest collectors of 3D photography, which was a big craze in the 19th century. Mm. And so he came and visited us and I baked him rock cakes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we, uh, he then gave an amazing talk, which really wowed uh, a big audience. Um, another visit that we had was from Nicole Kidman. Um, so she and the cast of Photograph 51, which was... Uh, West End play. It was a play that has been performed around the world, but it was in the West End a few years ago and she played the lead role, uh, Rosalind Franklin, and who was one of the um, researchers who worked on the discovery of the DNA helix in the early 50s. And she and the whole cast and the crew visited to understand more about the collection, more understand more about the people involved but also to um, look at photographs, for example, of what Kings was like then, so that the set designers could um, redesign the sets. And the moment that the curtain went up when I went along to the first performance, I could see that the sets behind the actors were ones based on photography that we held in the archive. So that's a direct uh, link between our collection and something that people we're enjoying on the West End stage. So it's open to anyone seeking knowledge, really. Exactly, yeah. So we're, we're, we're very much uh, of the mindset that knowledge should, should be out there, that we want to distribute it more widely. And we have millions of stories locked up in our archives. And um, I think the archive should be about stories. It should be about people, not paper. How large would you say your archive is then? We have millions of items. It's very difficult to say exactly how many we have, but they encompass around six kilometers if we were to place them end to end. And for an internal report last year, we did estimate how many double-decker buses that was. I can't give you an answer right now, but as we all know, in the world of public relations, everything is either described in double-decker buses or Olympic-sized swimming pools, depending or on... Or football pitches. Sorry? Or football pitches. Or football pitches, yes. It's those three things. Yeah. Um, I can't say if we were to put them in a square how many football pitches they would make up, but a significant number. So are there any particular challenges that come with managing such a, a wide-ranging collection? Obviously, the normal conservation um, requirements for, for collections that could be two or three hundred years old. Um, in terms of paper, acidic paper, um, in terms of photographs that are decaying, we have a lot of x-ray photographs in our collection um, uh, from the medical side. 
because um, medicine is an important part. Medicine, healthcare generally, including psychiatry, is has always been a major part of what King's teaches and undertakes res- research in. Um, it's physical storage is is a big challenge. Where do we put everything? What do we keep? Uh, and uh, and again, the work of the archivist is not so much about what understanding what should be kept, but about what should be let go and what should uh, be lost uh, because we can't keep everything. An archivist can't keep everything and neither can individual members of society keep everything. When we move house, we throw things out. Um, We throw things out and um, the world of the professional archivist is no different. We have to be quite ruthless sometimes. Are your archives physically based in central London like the university campuses? We have material on different campuses. We also have material in commercial storage. So that's uh, in in two or three places around the country. So um, there is a big pressure within the archive world to to move out of very expensive premises and to concentrate storage in in cheaper locations um, so that the space can be put to better use. You mentioned that you're still adding things to um, the collection. What are your hopes for the future then? Um, We've been diversifying our collections, partly because uh, King's has been changing its profile in terms of its teaching. So we've we've recently been collecting some film um, collections, just the paper, not the actual film. Um, And that's because film studies and cultural studies more generally is a big part of what King's does now. So we need to have the collections to support teaching. Um, So we've taken in one or two very, very interesting collections that are about modern culture and modern film and modern society. So I can see us doing more there. And of course, on the military side, on the Little Heart Centre for Military Archives that I mentioned, again, it's generating new content that we then archive. So we've begun a war podcast series with a a colleague, a, a leading journalist who worked in Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, our hope there is that as the podcast um, is, uh, proceeds in the future and we add to it, we can, um, uh, we can then make available new content that we've been involved in helping to commission and create. So what is, I mean, you must have a lot of contact with all the departments in King's College are you very connected with them and with other universities, other universities of London? Oh yes, yeah, very much so. So we, we are intimately connected to different departments and faculties in King's through libraries and collections. Uh, that's our parent department. So libraries and collections manages the books and journals that, that we use at King's, but also uh, rare books and uh, special collections, which are very diverse and very important and include the, for example, the Foreign and Commonwealth Office Library. So a lot of fantastic original material and a great body of expertise. And um, that's our main conduit through which we uh, are involved with different faculties and departments and the academics involved. But we have very close contacts in particular because of the nature of our collections with history, with war studies, with the Department of Digital Humanities, which is a, a major international player in that field and happens to be on the same corridor as us at the Strand. So uh, very usefully for copy breaks and to discuss ideas. 
But in terms of London, which is a big priority for Kings, London and international affairs supporting them, we um, have a lot of connections. Um, and I happen also to be the chair of AIM25, which is a charity to, that supports archives in London. Um, we have 150 members and we develop different projects. At the moment, we're involved in a project looking at cataloguing Jewish related collections held in London um, archives, uh, which are going to be part of an international project. So for those catalogues to be cross searchable for people interested in Jewish individuals, organisations, history, culture and lives. Um, and we work together as an, a consortium, AIM25, to support and enrich the archive sector in the capital. Um, are there any themes that you're looking to explore? You mentioned um, just their Jewish collections. Um, there's big, big emphasis on Black Lives Matter at the moment. And with so many international students, you must have a strong history of that. We do, and actually King's was uh, one of the first universities to uh, not have religious tests, for example, uh, for students applying in the early 19th century. And that meant that we had some of our earlier students who were actually Hindu and Muslim. Um, and, and we have a great history down the years of supporting uh, diversification of student body. And we have the archives that go with it. And so we're hoping and planning to do a lot more in this area in the next year or two. How big is your team that you have so many things to deal with? You said it was quite a small team. Well, I don't know. In Some archives would say it's a big team. Some people would say it's a small team. There are seven of us. That is a lot of work for so few people. Well, we have um, we have a public reading room service. We do extensive teaching. We have an outreach outreach program with online exhibitions and with um, other activities. We have a lot of visits as well, and I support um, historical tours of the different campuses, which have a lot of original features in. Um, and of course, I'm involved in in all the committee work and everything in helping to run libraries and collections, uh, along with other members of my team as well who are all heavily involved in that so yes it is a lot of work in addition to that we answer hundreds and hundreds of detailed inquiries annually from members of the public there could be genealogy there could be uh, they could be research inquiries uh, about aspects of our work and contribution of king's college the last 200 years or from our military collections and that's an awful lot of work do you have um, students who kind of come in and do little projects or help out or anything like that? Oh yes, we have an internship program for a history student, um, one, sometimes two a year. Um, and they work on a collection in detail and normally produce an exhibition at the end of it, a physical exhibition and a small online exhibition that is part of their, part of their studies. Um, in the past, we've worked on all sorts of volunteer programmes. We've run several University of the Third Age initiatives involving the College War Memorials and charting the history of nursing um, and the history of staffing at King's in the 19th century and where those staff came from. Um, and so um, we're involved in a sort of ad hoc basis in that. But the internship programme is the main way that we connect with individual students outside project work that is that's funded by research councils or by organizations like the Wellcome Trust that we apply for money from 
um, for individual discrete projects. Do you come up with those um, project ideas or do, do volunteers kind of bring in their own um, ideas of what they're looking to find? Oh, everybody brings something to the, to the party, as it were, and bring, put something into the mix. So um, I'd say that we're all equally um, valuable in terms of the ideas that we come up with. Um, we're a close team and um, we can quickly feed out the ideas that are silly um, from our own members as well, from our own ranks. Um, and hopefully then we're moving the service forward. Um, so we're always looking to the future, to increasing the size of the collection, the diversity of the collection and the use of the collection by different communities and in supporting the work of Kings and supporting the work of our students and researchers and, and also the wider community as well, um, particularly in broadcasting and um, in new media as well. What, in your opinion, is the most interesting item that you have in your collection? Um, the most interesting item in our collection, um, it's a difficult one, possibly photograph 51, which is the, the basis of modern genetics. This is the photograph used to discern the, the double helical structure of DNA. Um, I'd say the green line map as well of Cyprus, the, so the, the, the map that delineates the um, boundary between um, Greek and Turkish forces in the war in the early 1970s. Oh, um, why'd you say that? Well, it was a green line map because um, uh, that was the only colour of pencil they had available. <laughs> and um, we have the original map and it's it's um, known boundaries between disputed territory mm. since then have been known as green lines. Oh, that is interesting. So, but I have many favourites as well, which uh, we wouldn't have time to go through. So. Is there anything you're hoping to add to the collection that you're, you're trying to find in an attic somewhere? Uh, well, by definition, quite often it's a surprise what you find. I mean, I've, I've been in many attics and storerooms and found some very interesting items, including some original photography of um, T. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia and, and other um, firsts as well, um, photography from Jacques Cousteau. Um, and so I'm just looking forward to the next visit when visits can resume after this crisis. Yeah. So I can go out there and make the next discovery. Um, it isn't always just about highlights though, it's about the collection, the contribution of individuals to science or the arts or in other areas. Um, and it's just being able to do justice to those contributions and, and support the families in, in many ways. As archive work is part, part the work of, a, a cura of curation. It's part about history. Uh, partly it's about um, technology and partly it's about being a counsellor in a way and understanding and working with people and their stories and doing justice to them. So the, the role of an archivist is quite a responsible one. So you've got, um, so King's College Archive is integral to the university itself, but would you like to point members of the public in a specific direction to access some of the work you've been doing? 
Yes, well, we have web pages which are on the library and collections web pages for King's College. Uh, we have a blog um, which is updated regularly in a Twitter feed. And we um, also have this whole series of online exhibitions and online databases for, for the nursing and war memorials and other work that we uh, that I mentioned, including the Serving Soldier website, which is a showcase for some of our military collections, um, which have been digitised, um, some of which have been digitised by Max in the past. Um, and so public can go and view those. It's all free. It's all accessible. We have a, an online catalogue, which one can search. And if there are any questions that members of the public have, they can just drop us an email. In normal times, they could phone us up and will endeavour to answer their query. And if they want to come in and look at material, they just need to come in, book an appointment, come in, uh, sign a form, show a couple of forms of ID, and then they're free to come whenever they wish in the future to do their work. And we're a very friendly, hospitable team. Nice reading room, which is third floor on the Strand. Um, and we would welcome you, welcome members of the public, if they want to get in touch and, and come along when things resume, which hopefully will be in the autumn. Fingers lots crossed. Of, lots of knowledge to be discovered. That's right. It's a wealth of information and really we're only scratching the surface. So um, do come along, do visit and use us. And there might be a cup of coffee along the way. Thank you for agreeing to speak to me today, Jeff. It's been very interesting hearing about what you have in your collection. Um, I'm sure people will be dying to have a look at your website and all the different um, exhibitions you have. They're quite varied. I've had a look myself. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, yeah. Um, Cheers. Good luck, okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right.